Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. It is a busy day at the co-work today, so if you hear background sounds or things going on, just bear. That's what's going on. That's what's happening. (laughs) Um, And I will tell you that the room that I am currently in smells like juicy fruit, and that's delightful. Um, Today, we are talking about strength finders, which... I've heard about, like I've talked, I've spoken at conferences before where I'm teaching Enneagram and someone else is teaching strength finders. And it sounds really interesting. I actually took a workshop on strength finders in the Enneagram and I was so excited about it and really dedicated a lot of time to going to it only to really kind of have the experience where they didn't teach anything. They just kind of, I think we're trying to sell the test And so I was pretty frustrated by that experience and I needed a break for a minute, but I'm fascinated by it. I wanted to understand it. I wanted to get a glimpse into it. So today we are doing an episode. We haven't done one of these in a minute where I go through my results from the Strength Finders test and compare that to my Enneagram and how I think they might go together. So looking forward to that. I will tell you right away that taking the test for strength finders, I was able to see just a lot of like areas in which I've changed as I've gotten older, which I hear from you all so much when you talk about the Enneagram, like you take the Enneagram test and you changed, you know, since you took, since you were in your twenties and and kind of now the way that you respond to the world is different And I can say I definitely experienced that with Strength Finders. And I think it makes more sense with something like Strength Finders just because, well, let's get into what Strength Finders is (laughs) really quickly, just in case you're new to it and haven't heard of it. So it's called the Clifton Strengths Assessment. Um, It's kind of formally known as the Clifton Strength Finder, apparently, But it was created by educational psychologist Donald Clifton, and he wanted to identify the strengths that made top performers stand out. So the thing to note is that it is a performance-based tool helping you to understand your skill set, not a personality tool. So that's how it differs from the Enneagram or like Myers-Briggs. So with that in mind, I think that that's why it feels like it makes more sense to change over time. Whereas with the Enneagram, we're really talking about your worldview, you know, like your basic, this is the water you've been swimming in most of your life. In my opinion, you're going to be in relationship to that forever to some degree. Like I think it will change tones. You will grow, you will heal, you will shift, your reactions will soften. But in general, like you're going to have some relationship to your Enneagram type forever. But I think it makes sense with skill sets that those will shift and change because struggles that I had in college, a lot of those I've really worked through and now are my greatest skills. And so 
I can, I can see how it would shift and change as you shift and change. So in general, my thoughts on the test first, um, it was expensive, like more expensive than I, like, I'm surprised I paid for the full test though. So I paid $60 to get like all of my results and there's like a less expensive version where you could get like the top five results. And honestly, the way the website was set up, I didn't even know that existed until I'd already purchased the more expensive option. I wonder if I would have gone for the less expensive option. If I had realized I could, I think I would have, but that option just gives you the top five results. That being said, it's expensive. Um, it was also kind of weirdly laid out. Like some of the questions, the way it's laid out is like, it's on a gradient, like most, like you would look at it, you know, as like a bar. And in some senses you would hear, you would think you'd hear like most likely or not likely at all. And, but it would put things against each other that seemed unrelated. So an example that I wrote down was like, I like to organize and I'm future oriented. And that was a really hard one for me because I am definitely both of those things. And it felt like these aren't in contradiction to one another. So why are you pitting them against each other? And it made it, it made it difficult for me to take the test. You know, like I kind of felt like annoyed (laughs) of like having to choose between things that didn't seem related. I'm sure there's a reason I've never made a test. I'm sure there's a very valid reason that they do it. I just didn't like it. (laughs) And then, um, yeah, I think that's the gist of it. Now, that being said, the report that I got was like 25 pages long. (laughs) So, um, it was very thorough. That's really cool. It reminds me of the IEQ nine test. When you take that, when you get like a full report on your personality, it talks about subtypes. It talks about tri-type. It talks about all the things and you get like a, a report. And so I think that there's definitely validity to that. And I think that feels nice. You know what I mean? Like I, when it comes to the Enneagram, I would definitely recommend that test to people. So maybe it's the same here. (laughs) We'll find out. All right. So I got, I printed out two reports. The first report I printed out is like the list of my strengths from like first to last. Cause I thought it would be fun to tell you my top five strengths and my lowest five strengths. <clears throat> so my number one strength is strategic. It says people who are especially talented in the strategic theme create al- alternative ways to proceed. Faced with any given scenario, they can quickly spot the relevant patterns and issues. I shouldn't read the descriptions for all of these because we're going to go deeper. Okay. Second is futuristic. Third is activator. Fourth is achiever. And fifth is focus. All right. And then my bottom five. (laughs) These are my weaknesses, friends. Are you ready? Um, Number one is context. People who are especially talented in the context theme enjoy thinking about the past. They understand the present by researching its history. That is like bottom of the line for me. Number The next one, my next lowest was developers. It says people who are especially talented in the developer theme 
recognize and cultivate the potential in others. They spot the signs of each small improvement and derive satisfaction from these improvements. All right. Number, uh, my third lowest is harmony. It says people who are especially talented in the harmony theme look for consensus. They don't enjoy conflict. Rather, they seek areas of agreement. And that's one of my lowest. Uh, I mean, it's true. It's just like weird to read about yourself. You know, like I am very low in my ability to harmonize or even, I guess, my desire to harmonize. Um, the next one is analytical. People who are especially talented in the analytical theme search for reasons and causes. They have the ability to think about all the factors that might affect a situation. I feel like that one's not really accurate. I feel like I'm pretty, pretty intensely analytical. I think a lot about cause and effect. But at the same time, oh, they asked so many questions about if you're future oriented. And I am so extremely future oriented that I feel like that's what pushed the like analytical back for me. Um, the next one is includer. People who are especially talented in the includer theme are accepting of others. They show awareness of those who feel left out and make an effort to include them. I think I was good at that in high school. I think that I got, I as I grew older, I became less, I feel less responsible for other people and how they feel. Um, and then the other one, this is six and, I, and I, I'm going to say this one because I feel like it's more accurate than analytical for me as a lower. It's people who are especially talented in the restorative theme are adept at dealing with problems. They are good at figuring out what is wrong and resolving it. This is again where like, I felt like the test itself was weird because it asked these about yourself. Like when I look at a situation, do I focus on how like strengthening my talents or improving my flaws? And it was so much focused on like yourself. And I don't like sit around thinking about how flawed I am or like focus on fixing my flaws. I do focus on improving my talents and like, but like, if you put me in a room and you say like, what could be fixed in this room? I could tell you. So that's an interesting, I just feel like, I think one of the things I like about the Enneagram is that you are ultimately the decider of what your things are. It's not like a test giving you your final results, because I wonder if I read through these, which ones I would think are my strengths and which ones would I think are my weaknesses. Yeah, I might like pause you for a minute and look at that after we're done talking about the top five because I'm curious. I'm curious if I would identify with the top five as my top five. All right. Well, let's get into what the top five that I got are and we'll compare it to the Enneagram. So, okay. And it gives you like your unique take on it. So for strategic is number one for me. It was strategic thinking. And it says, it's very likely that you frequently find the precise words to express your thoughts and feelings. You spontaneously start conversations with total strangers. I do do that. You quickly discover what interests them. Yes. You probably enliven discussions by telling stories to illustrate things that capture your attention. Probably true. 
Instinctively, you generate innovative ideas. You have a unique perspective on events, people, and situations. You probably inspire others to start projects and launch initiatives as a result of your perspective. You tend to identify a goal, devise numerous ways of reaching it, and choose the best alternative. This explains why you see opportunities, trends, and solutions before your teammates, classmates, or peers do. I agree. (laughs) I do do those things. Driven by your talents, you are a self-reliant person who needs time alone to think and work. You generate innovative ideas and propose systematic programs of action. You likely identify recurring configurations in the behavior of people, true, the functioning of processes, true, or the emergence of potential problems. Because of your strengths, you are innovative, inventive, original, and resourceful. Your mind allows you to venture beyond the commonplace, the familiar, or the obvious. You entertain ideas about the best ways to reach a goal, increase productivity, or solve a problem. First, you think of alternatives, and then you choose the best option. So here's the thing. I think this sounds like Enneagram 3 energy. Um, that like, I'm like that production, that wanting to work on your own projects alone. Um, however, a lot of the like generating ideas element of this and like innovation and like being creative and original, I think that's more seven energy of like kind of generating ideas, doing things that have never been done before. And then the three energy of like, we're just like loving to work and have a, uh, have a plan and productivity and um, thinking of different solutions to problems and then choosing the best option. Like that feels like very Enneagram three, but I think I have a lot of Enneagram three energy or Enneagram threes and sevens are very similar in the sense that we both are driven. We're both assertive types. Um, we both have kind of bougie <laughs> like standards. I think the thing that really separates me as a seven from a three is satisfaction being a priority over how other people perceive me. I'm much more focused on how I perceive myself and how I feel in my life. Um, yeah, but it says, and I think like in, sevens are also like really good creative problem solvers thinking of interesting solutions to problems. So I can see some seven here. It says blind spots. When working with others, sometimes they may misinterpret your strong strategic talents as criticism. Be mindful of what is already working well and what others have accomplished. I don't feel like I struggle with that. Maybe I move. I'm, I'm much more like task focused than like, I don't have time to criticize you because we're focused on what needs to be done, which is maybe what they're trying to say. It says, because you evaluate patterns and pathways so quickly, others might find it difficult to follow or understand your thought process. That's true. Be aware that sometimes you might have to backtrack to explain how you got to where you are. This is something I struggle so much with, with the Enneagram, because my brain is already like 10 steps ahead of teaching it like Enneagram 101. And so it's very hard for me to back up and teach it as if you've never heard of it before. Um, I have to really try so hard. And sometimes I fail miserably at this and I'll, I'll end an interview and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I taught that as if these people have been studying the Enneagram for as long as I have. And not as if this is the first time they've ever heard of it. And I really struggle with that. So fair. Okay, next is futuristic. That sounds pretty Enneagram 7 of us. Um, 
<laughs> I mean, threes and eights as well are also future oriented. It says you are inspired by the future and what could be. You energize others with your vision of the future. And specifically to my type, it's on the strategic. I don't understand. If you are a strength finder person, this might annoy you because um, for futuristic, I am strategic thinking. I don't know what that means, but that is, I think that that's a differentiator. But I res- it says, because of your strengths, you sharpen your ideas about the future by spending time with possibility thinkers. These individuals regularly talk about inventions, medicines, designs, technology, or food supplies that no one else has even considered. True. Instinctively, you create detailed and vivid images of what the future promises. You can describe it long before others can imagine it. True. Chances are good that you channel your mental and physical energies toward what you accomplish in the months, years, or decades ahead. The question you must answer is this. How far into the future can I think before my ideas start becoming vague or uninspiring? Five years. (laughs) Driven by your talents, you think intensely to conceive vivid mental images of the future. Many individuals lack your ability to envision what will be possible in the coming months, years, or decades. As a result, they regularly rely on you to do this visioning for them. I do think that is one of the things I bring to my friendships the most, is the ability to see their future. By nature, you possess a tremendous capacity for working long hours. True. Your mental and physical energy are seldom totally expended. However, the same cannot be said for everyone who attempts to match your pace. I do exhaust the people who spend time with me. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But I do think that that's true. Um... I like to work. Your tireless efforts are typically directed toward the goals you plan to reach in the coming months, years, or decades. True, true, true. You are a visionary. Your powerful anticipation and detailed visualization of a better future can turn aspirations into reality. Your vision of tomorrow can inspire others to new heights. Okay, so yes, I think that's actually super accurate for me. I think it... It's interesting to look at it as, you know, like as a seven, there are sevens that I meet who really struggle with follow through to a really intense degree in a way that I don't. I think that I tend to really, if I have a plan for the future, I will work hard to make it happen. Um, And I think that might be a subtype thing that, or a wing, you know, like I have an eight wing and a lot of that like follow through passion, work hard, exhaust you know, have over an amount of energy is, is definitely seven, eight combo. Um, so I can see that being a, a seven wing, eight, eight wing, seven vibe, the blind spots. It says, because you live in the future, you may find it difficult to enjoy the present moment. Oh my God. That's the most true thing ever. That's very, very, that's like, I think the plight of the seven is people are like, you're the happy type, but it's hard to be present and really enjoy the present moment when you're so focused on what you wish you could do. While it will always be important for you to have things to look forward to, don't overlook opportunities to experience and appreciate where you are now. Some people may dismiss your visions because they can't see the future like you do, except that you must address real issues today and to get to a better tomorrow. That's also like definitely been my seven growth work is actually addressing issues today. Um, you know, like real, like responsibility issues and being present with responsibility now. 
All right, my third is activator and it's in influencing. It says, you can make things happen by turning thoughts into action. You want to do things now rather than simply talking about them. Very, very, very true. I had a conversation with my therapist this week and she was like, well, let's talk about that again next week and see if we want to make a plan for it. And I was like, oh, I will have done it by next week. If I've already decided, like, I will have done it. That's, I'm not going to like wait to like think about it more. So um, let's read more about activator, influencing activator. I don't, I don't know how these clarifiers work. I'm sorry if I'm butchering it, but it's, says it's very likely you celebrate the achievements and successes of individuals and groups you compliment them your enthusiasm energizes people it makes them eager to tackle the task at hand time and again you say and do things that reinvigorate their minds bodies and spirits i do think that's true i think that i see the strengths of the people in my life and i love to speak it into them and i love it kind of combining that with the future energy is like having that I can see where these strengths can lead and I want you to believe in yourself as much as I do. I very much feel that way. It says driven by your talents, you periodically interject highly technical language into your conversations, language that may be understood by a limited number of people. Perhaps your vocabulary in and of itself alerts listeners that your ideas and opinions carry some extra weight. Maybe your air of authority causes certain individuals to take seriously whatever you tell them. Lord, <laughs> I hope so. I don't think so. I think that I do the opposite. I think I downplay my intelligence to people. I think that's very much a seven thing is like, we tell you not to take us seriously through the way that we like talk or act and then get really frustrated when you don't take us seriously. Um, it says, because of your strengths, you traditionally determine for yourself and others what should be done. After you've made up your mind, you typically waste little time moving forward with projects or assignments. True. By nature, you typically are described as what you see is what you get person. There's very little mystery about who you are. Usually make a point of talking with strangers. Man, I really love to talk to strangers. You're apt to tell them about yourself without their having to ask you any questions. Your forthright approach encourages many individuals to be as open with you as you are with them. That's all very true. And I can see that with the seven and the eight like eights are very like you get what you get here's who i am sevens are very open sharing love to talk about ourselves um it says chances are good that you occasionally derive pleasure from beginning new projects jobs or courses of study before you take the first step you may spend some time thinking about specific things you need to do better than you have in the past very true very seven of us it says, you are a catalyst. You know how to turn ideas into action and make things happen. Your energy can be contagious and engaging. I think this is definitely that seven wing eight combo. That sense of, I get ideas and I make them happen. I think that is very different from the seven wing six energy of like a little bit more light on your feet, I think. Um, and then it comes to blind spots. It says, sometimes you might charge ahead and act without a solid plan. Um, sometimes, every time. <laughs> Before making a major decision, think about challenging yourself to consider alternatives and weigh options first. Listen, I know I should do that. This is very seven, right? I know I should do that. It also feels exhausting to consider in like, like a real downer, okay? 
strength binders. But you're probably right. It says the force of your urging people to take action might make them feel overwhelmed and pressured to act before they feel comfortable. <laughs> That's true. It says, remember that others may not feel that same urgency and some people will need more time to think before they act. Lord, that's true. Listen, friends, if you are familiar with human design, um, my husband is a reflector. So this is like another personality thing. Reflectors take 28 days to make a decision. 28 days, friends. I stress him out so much with the speed of which I make decisions and ask him to make decisions too. It's painful. It, it stresses me out to take my time. By the time he's made a decision, I've already moved on to something else, you know? So, you know, that's rough. That's rough. <laughs> we, we working on it, but, um, okay. Number four is achiever and that is executing for me. It says you work hard and possess a great deal of stamina. You take immense satisfaction in being busy and productive. Okay, that's true. Obviously, this is going to be tight career energy, right? It's a titled achiever. But it says chances are good that you place a premium on acquiring various kinds of knowledge and skills. You see de definite links between your hard work and your accelerated growth as a person or as a professional. True nature you automatically set aside time to map out the coming months years or decades <laughs> um yeah you realize the hard work of thinking must precede the implementation of any long-range plans you have discovered that your success depends on it true 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 instinctively you tend to be quite selective about the company you keep very very true <laughs> you prefer to spend time with individuals who are trustworthy you consciously avoid people whose words and deeds indicate they value honesty less than you do. No truer words have been said. It's very likely that you contend that what you have to say is very important. You probably tell individuals or groups they would be wise to stop what they are doing and give you their undivided attention. I would never say that. <laughs> I would I would maybe expect it unconsciously, you know? Like I would probably like assume you would give me your undivided attention. I don't think I would ever say, other than to my husband, I would rather never say that. Um, it says, because of your strengths, you probably set goals regarding the amount of recognition you give your coworkers. You aim to lavish them with compliments. Why? You want each person to feel valued and appreciated. Recipients of your abundant praise usually are eager to please you again. They often are willing to help whenever you ask. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I feel that way. Like, I do think that I like to see people, like, speak strength into people, but I value honesty more. I will always tell you it, what you're good at and what you're bad at. <laughs> so I don't like give you compliments that I don't believe just so that you'll do what I want you to do ever, ever. Um, but I will like tell you if I see something good in you. Um, <clears throat> it says you love to complete tasks and your accomplishments fulfill you. You have a strong inner drive, an innate source of intensity, energy, and power that motivates you to work hard to get things done. Yeah, true. I honestly think this feels like very eight energy. I thought it was going to be very three, but it feels extremely eight. Blind spots for the achiever. It says you might get frustrated when others don't work as hard as you do, and they might see you as too demanding. That's probably true. 
Remember that not everyone has the same high expectations for themselves or is driven to work hard as you are. This is a can, this is important because this is hard for me. I don't like to have employees anymore because of that. Like I like to only work with contractors because I want their work to not be my business because it stresses me out. Um, also in partnership, I put such high standards for myself in terms of like the house that sometimes Obi has to go like, hey, check check back on like your expectations of yourself and don't put those on to me. <laughs> and, like don't put them onto you either, you know? And so I think that's very accurate. I think this is very eight energy though. Um, and maybe like even one energy as is your pressing need to get things done might cause you to take on projects or agree to deadlines before you know everything that's involved. That's true. Before you commit to something, make sure you have the time and resources you need to do it right. Mm. Accurate. Okay. Okay, strength finders. <laughs> What's next? And our last one here is, oh, they gave me, I'll read them to you faster. They gave me all the way through 10 on this report. So I will not do this for all 10, but I'll read you. I'll read them to you. This is focus. I got... Top five is on focus, which is fascinating because they the classic seven thing is like Enneagram squirrel brain, but I do feel like I'm good at focusing. And obviously I took this test, so it's biased, but let's see what it says. It says you can take direction or, is, oh, I'm sorry. Focus is an executing for me. It says you can take a direction, follow through and make the corrections necessary to stay on track. You prioritize and then you act is true. Since by nature you sometimes work hard to reach specific personal or professional goals, these include but are not limited to earning a pay raise, winning a promotion, receiving a degree, acquiring something you value, or completing a certification program. Perhaps challenges related to status motivate you more than others do. So here's where I was like, this has definitely changed. Like I was not a good college student. I was so focused on just having a good time making friends, not ever being alone or bored, that I was not a good student. I really struggled being a student, but with work, this is true. Like in my work life. And I think if I like what I'm doing, I will give it this energy. If I don't like what I'm doing, it will not get this energy from me. If that makes sense. Um, so it says instinctively, you occasionally show certain individuals your personal or professional plans for the coming months, years, or decades. Perhaps this helps them understand where you are headed, how you plan to proceed step by step, and why you say success is possible. I don't know. I share every, with everybody my plans for the months, years, or decades. It says chances are good that you track progress toward your major goals by evaluating your income. Your financial well-being contributes greatly to your outlook on life. That's true. I just assume this is because I was grew up poor, but if money is tight, I am sad and stressed. And if I feel like I have abundance, I am happy and everything is well with the world. It's like spring and winter. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really hard for me to feel when money is tight. Because of your strengths, you seek to govern the circumstances of your life. You probably choose to work on tasks by yourself. Yep. So you can determine what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Group decision-making usually frustrates you. That is the second most honest sentence in this. I only like to work independently. I do not like to collaborate. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, it's very likely that you may be exceptionally motivated when you are pitted against others. 
<laughs> tell how I feel about that sentence as I in the tone. It says, especially when only one person can be declared the very best, your desire to capture the top prize or finish in first place may drive your choices or explain your behavior. I don't know. I don't know if I, I, they asked questions about competition a lot, but they were like pitted against other things that I didn't care about. And so I guess I was like, I would like to win, I guess, but I don't feel particularly competitive. Um, although I will say there's like, yeah, I guess there's like a little bit of competition in me and I'm not in an industry where there's a lot of competition in my opinion. Like people aren't like, I'm not like being pitted against someone else for a promotion, you know, and I don't even like put myself up for opportunities that I could be rejected for in that way. I don't like to give anyone power over how successful I am or am not. This is why you succeed using focus. It says you have a powerful ability to prioritize, set goals, and work efficiently. You avoid time-consuming distractions and stay on track toward an overall objective. True. And I feel like this is very three energy, one energy, eight energy, even five energy. And I do not know how me, this little seven, gained this skill. Because this is not a strength for me for so long, but is definitely a strength for me now. Um, it says blind spots. You may focus so intently on your own work that you don't notice when goals and priorities change. Remember to occasionally stop what you're doing so you can reevaluate your objectives. Okay, that's true. When I was a marketing coordinator, I struggled with this a lot because I would be working so independently. I was the head of the marketing department, but I mean, obviously I'm answering to the owners of the company and they would have change their objectives, change their opinions, change what they wanted. And I would find that so difficult because it would take me out of work mode and put me into like, I would have to start all over again. And I would work so fast that it was like, I was done with this project and I'm now starting it over again. Um, so the, yeah, I found the pace of that work very difficult. And recently I did a consulting thing in a corporation and I was like, oh man, the pacing here is so much slower because there's so many factors. Like you have to go to legal, you have to talk to the marketing department, the marketing department has to talk to the development department and everybody has to agree on something. And then they have to like run that through all of the like procedures that like my brain is already done. You know, I would find that really difficult. It says, when you are absorbed in something, you may be slow to respond to others' immediate needs and appear emotionally distant. Acknowledge that sometimes you will have to stop and respond to interruptions from the important people in your life. So fascinatingly enough, Obi and I just had this conversation because we were talking, I was reading to him from an Enneagram book that got sent to me. And on seven, it said that you can seem really cold to people who don't, who seem to limit you. And I was like, I don't think I do that. But I do. Okay. Like the truth is if someone maybe like if there's someone at the cowork who tends to like want to chat with me, I will like typically like not make con eye contact with them because like if I don't think the conversation will end swiftly, then I'm gonna like probably not enter into that conversation because I know I'm I, I'm always on my way to do something. And Obi was like, Yeah, when you're working on something and you're in the middle of something and I come to talk to you you'll say, yes, you can talk to me, but then you're like breathing. <laughs> you're like, <"Ugh." laughs> and it's like, it just looks like you're like miserable the whole time. 
So yeah, that's a hundred percent true. I just, I'm ta I'm like focused on the task at hand. Um, I will turn my phone off. I will not respond to you. I put my noise canceling headphones on and like, I'm not available. Um, you know, typically I do the Pomodoros and I'm like working for those 25 minutes and in those 25 minutes, like I am not here for you. I'm here to just be in my zone. Um, I think honestly, that's very five energy. It was very much like I'm focused on a project and I'm absorbed in it and nothing else is real. But I did read about it as sevens, but I applied that to work. They were talking about like, if they're limiting you and what, you know, in any way, I just applied it to work. But yeah, I feel like that's very five energy, which makes sense because we moved to five. Okay, so I'll re quickly read to you six, like the, the other 10 or the other five. The sixth for me was significance, and that's an influencing. It says you want to have, make a big impact. It says you're independent and prioritize projects based on how much influence they will have on your organization or people around you. That's true. I don't think that's very seven of me. I think that's much more one energy, like the impact it's going to have. Um, or maybe three, even it says that you want people to recognize your contribution and willingness to work hard. Um, seven for me is relator in relationship building. It says you enjoy close relationships with others. You find deep satisfaction in working hard with friends to achieve a goal. It says you naturally form genuine and mutually rewarding one-on-one -on -one relationships. Your authenticity allows you to build close, long-lasting connections that founder trust, foster trust and confidence. I believe that is true. I think that's kind of six energy because it says the blind spot here is because relators typically do not trust others. Implicitly, people have to earn your trust over time. Some may think you are hard to get to know. Be aware of this perception with new people you meet as well as with people you see every day. Yeah, that feels like a little six energy. Um, eight is command. You have presence. You can take control of the situation and make decisions. You are direct and firm in the face of resistance or challenges because you are comfortable taking charge and speaking up. True, true, true. And that is definitely my eight wing. <laughs> it says communication is in influencing. It says you are good at capturing people's attention by what you say and how you say it. Your ability to find words for your own and others' thoughts and feelings highlights important messages and helps you to make meaningful connections. I hope that's true. That would be nice. And I, that's basically my job. So I hope that I'm good at it. Um, that being said, I feel like this would be very much like I can see some seven here in the sense that like we draw connections. We can kind of take complicated ideas and make them make sense. Um, I also think we capture attention. We are very, we, we can sell you on what we're excited about, you know? The next one is discipline. That's number 10 for me. Ex executing. It says you need organization, order, and precision. Your controlled planning and routines increase efficiency and bring predictability and structure to turmoil. Also true. And I think a learned skill for me, um, it says, because of your need for predictability and control, others might view you as rigid and inflexible. Try not to automatically dismiss ideas that do not directly fit into the neat framework you have created. This is accurate. Here's the thing. I'm trying to figure out when this happened. <laughs> 
like when in my life did this happen? I think it is because of being a business owner and as a photographer being like so free and fluid and like fun loving and just doing what felt good to me. I really struggled to get my work done and I had to create structures for myself in order to uh, make things happen and get things done. And then those structures felt so good that I just started adding more and more and more and more. And now I'm like so structured that it's shocking, you know, but at the same time, it's like I added a little bit here and a little bit there and, and it just kind of like occurred naturally because every time I added a little bit of structure, I felt more relaxed and like free in the long run, you know, like an example is like, I record everything for the week, a week ahead. So that means nothing feels like super urgent for me. I never feel like I'm like running behind or having to play catch up, which I think was how I felt for so long. And it's just exhausting to live like that. So I think I did like learn to get good at it, but I wish I could like really identify like when that happened. Cause I feel like if you had told me this several years ago, I would have been shocked. Um, oh, here, identify your unique, it says the domains. It says, I will read this to you. It says, well, your Clifton Strengths profile helps you understand who you are. There's also power in knowing how you make things happen. Do you influence others, build relationships and process information? The framework of the four Clifton Strength domains, executing, influencing, relationship building, and strategic thinking, is another way to think about your Clifton Strengths and how you contribute when you join, create, or lead a team. So mine are, I'm in all, I have some of them in all of my type, but executing are people with dominant executing themes, themes make things happen. So my top two were definitely executing and strategic thinking, but then influencing was definitely a close third. Relationship building was like I had it on one and that was a miracle. <laughs> so um, people with dominant executing themes make things happen. People with dominant strategic thinking themes absorb and analyze information that informs better decisions. I feel like that's like 70. That's interesting. Like head type, body type. Influencing people with dominant influencing themes, themes take charge, speak up, and make sure others are heard. And then relationship building, people with dominant relationship building themes build strong relationships that hold a team together and make it greater than the sum of its parts. That's definitely makes sense if that's my weakest. So um, it says, I am mostly influencing actually. Fascinating. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like reading this thing for the first time. Okay, so I'm mostly influencing. I have influencing an activator, command, communication, and significance. I see. I thought it was like a flavor on your thing, but each thing fits into a different category. So I have mostly influencing category, then executing. That makes sense to me. Then strategic thinking and then relationship building. So I'm my... I am influencing. So I'm mostly take charge, speak up, and make sure others are heard. I feel like executing is my bigger strength, if I'm honest. But, you know, you do use strength finders. 
Um, yeah. Interesting. It gives you like a little thing here that says, like, how can you thrive with your top Clifton strengths? So for strategic, it says, always have at least three options in mind so you can adapt if circumstances change. Futuristic, share your visions of a better life or future. Activate or be the catalyst when others are stuck. Make a decision and get going. And be, bring intensity and effort to the most important areas of your life is for achiever. And focus, set specific goals with timelines to motivate yourself. All of that I do very, I think it's like, oh, this is what you do naturally. Um, but that, that, comes, that comes to mind. <laughs> feels accurate. All right. So, and then it gives you like your entire sequence from like one to 34, um, which is interesting. I don't know, friends. That's on that. So I saw a lot of seven themes. I saw a lot of eight themes. I saw a lot of five in there. And I saw a lot of three in there, which makes sense. Because seven and three, I think, have a lot in common. Especially the self-prez subtypes. But friends, that's my Strength Finders exploration. If you take the Strength Finders or if you already know about it, let me know. DM me on Instagram. Let's talk. I'm curious what your top five strengths are. And uh, yeah, if you want another one of these and you have a personality type test you want me to explore, just let me know. You can text it into the podcast phone line or DM me at Sarah Jane Case on Instagram and we'll do it. All right, friends, thank you so much for joining me and I will see you Friday for the next one. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.